Hello and uh, welcome back to another proper episode of uh, Base Talk with Pat. Uh, took a little bit of break, like I said in the last uh, episode of the Rick review. Um, you know, just doing my thing, uh, trying to write and practice uh, for my bands and all that. Uh, so, kind of took a back burner on this, but uh, today we have probably uh my favorite episode uh i got to talk to aj of uh make out formerly of sleep on it um for those uh we talked about it briefly in this episode but for those that don't know um the first tours uh first diy tours uh my band real talk got to do was with sleep on it way before they were huge um way before like pretty much when they had like different members and real talk had different members uh so we did two different summers tour uh two different tours throughout two different summers so and one was two and a half weeks one was just about three weeks and so we got to spend a lot of time with them um and there are some of our good friends uh, our peers and people that we look up to. So it was good to finally catch up to with AJ because I haven't seen him in probably, I think I said it was, I didn't say, I said where, but it was about three years since I've seen him really talk to him for like a long time. So it was really good to, to catch up with him and just see where, how he evolved and all that. And, uh, like I said, at the end of this podcast, uh, there's no one I'm happier to see thriving than AJ. He is one of the nicest human beings probably I have ever met, may ever met, meet, I should say. Um, so I'm beyond proud of him. Uh, so, uh, since this is a long episode, sorry for a long intro, but. I kind of wanted to give some brief explanation of how I know AJ and how I got to know him and everyone. So, uh, strap in. This is a awesome episode. Uh, we talked about football, base, obviously, uh, wrestling. Uh, uh, if you've seen this uh, little new uh, graphic for the episode, uh, this is just a thing I would send to AJ. Uh, it's a picture of Sting the bass player watching Sting the wrestler play bass. Uh, and AJ mentions how much he's he loves Sting the wrestler. So uh, it was a thing I used to send him like once a year because he like loved it. So uh, it, it uh, captions, captures our uh, friendship. So uh, anyways, uh, here is the episode with AJ. Hey, what's going on? Hey, buddy. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Uh, how's it going? Good, man. How have you been? I haven't talked to you in a minute, it seems yeah. like. I ha- I don't, the last time I saw you, I think, was at Riot Fest, and you were just flipping me off, which is like a very classic thing to do. Well, I mean, I feel like that's how you and I send love across large <laughs> distances when we see each other. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a, a hot minute. There's a lot to talk about, which is good. Uh, but uh, first, I'll have you introduce yourself. 
uh so like the whole like name what i do what band i'm in kind of shit yeah yeah sure. <laughs> okay yeah hi i'm aj ka and i play bass in makeout cool uh how's <laughs> how's quarantine going uh it's going i mean it's like i'm diabetic and asthmatic as you know so <laughs> Uh, and my sister is a doctor at Cornell, and she has, like, she fucking studied and, like, worked at CDC when she was, like, 16. So she's, like, a fucking prodigy and has, like, ins with people there. So she oh. told me back in, like, February, before anyone else, like, started quarantining, to just, like, fucking stock up and, like, <laughs> quarantine. And, like, it's funny because my girlfriend and all of her friends were just... Like, just, like, being like, oh, dude, he's, like, one of those doomsday preppers and shit. And then, like, three weeks later, they're like, well, fuck, he was right. Like, dude, it's pretty crazy. Uh, like, I've been, like, unemployed for, like, almost four months. And, like, my whole, like, household is, like, back to work. Like, all my roommates are, like, back to work. And, like, I have to walk my roommate's dog every day. Like, I'm just super bored. And I, like, but also, like. I can't complain because it's like, when am I ever going to have like so much free time in my life? Right. Yeah. It's cool. But uh, I also wanted to ask, how is Zero? Oh, Zero's doing great, man. We took her to a farm for like 4th of July and she like, we kind of gave her free reign and took her off leash and we were like expecting her to bolt. But nah, she just chilled. She's doing well, man. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Dude, I know. I know Zero. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, like, I'm, I'm there, I used to be never be, like, a dog person, like, it has to be, like, a super chill dog, mm-hmm. but, like, my roommate has, like, a, he's about to turn one year old, like, this month, oh. and he's, like, I, like, have to take him out, like, every, like, five minutes, and it's just, like, he is a golden, and he is, like, too, like, he first was too much for me, and, like, we're slowly becoming best friends, but he's also, like, slightly, like, emo, like, we'll just like watch like Jimmy Eat World together, and it's pretty cool actually. But man, dogs are the best. They're like I know they're they're surprisingly needy, but then like all they got to do is look at you the right way, and then you're like ah yeah. whatever, I'll do whatever for you. You puked on my like fucking <laughs> like new Nikes shit. Like that was like three weeks worth of pay. Ah, I still love you though. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hobbs is the best. Zero is also the best. Um, that's a good name is he is he named after the yeah Dwayne the Rock Johnson character no oh, I, I wish he was <laughs> you were just like yes he is and then I was just like no I wasn't gonna go with Calvin and Hobbes it's Calvin and Hobbes I wish also this is a thing that like I just talked about like probably three days ago why isn't there like a porno that's like the rock like Dwayne the cock Johnson uh. I'm like you mean like a like a porn name or an actual yeah, but like both. Like, why isn't this like a thing yet? I'm sure there is like some sort of like porn based off of like a rock movie. Like, I'm sure there's like a Scorpion King like porn. I'm sure there is. But like Dwayne the Cock Johnson is a really good porn name. I'm just surprised no one's used it yet. I. If anyone hears this and takes it, I'm definitely at the suit them. Because <laughs> like, it's I, definitely, I get right. I think to it's that. gold. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. I agree, man. That's like a that's hundred hundred dollar porn name right there. I would say it's more than a hundred. I will make a lot of money. Off I was that. gonna say hundred million dollar, but then I was just like, I don't know if it's worth that much. Uh, I would say five hundred to like a thousand, maybe. No, I'll go with that. Yeah, I agree. All right. 
Uh, so yeah, it's been a it's been a while. Uh, a lot of things have changed. So uh, with both of us, though. Yes, this is true. But uh, make out. Uh, how did it all come about? Tell the story. So this goes back to like the final warp tour. Re- Actually, it goes even back further. So uh, we went on tour with Marina City, sleep on it. When I was back, when I was with them, uh, like a couple years back, before we had like gotten anywhere, and we were we we're supposed to go on this whole like nationwide tour. It was like a DIY tour, like you know the ones we did together. Yeah. And the this band called Trophy Wives was supposed to be with us, and supposedly the story goes, like or at least what we thought was Feldman hit them up uh, because of Warp Tour, like that contest like, the Battle of Bands contest, and offered them, like, time to do work in the studio, but it could only be during that tour. So they literally dipped out a week before tour starts, and they had their name on the ad mats and all that. So, like, you know, back then there was, like, kind of a bad taste in, like, all of our mouths because of that, just because, like, it's kind of a salt, like, kind of a crappy thing to do. But, like, you know... If it was your band, <laughs> I yeah, I fully understand that. Like, yeah, John Feldman, like, okay, cool. Well, like, yeah, so like the, now being a part of Make Out, the, what I'd know is they didn't win the Battle of the Bands, but John Feldman was like very much interested in working with them, but he only had like a certain amount of time. And like during that, you know, there was opportunities to work with Barker because he was there working too and like other things. So it was one of those things where like, you know, hearing both sides of it, had I been in that position, I would have done the exact same thing that they did. I would have, like, dipped out on, like, a DIY tour and gone and worked with Feldman. Because, like, that's, like, the smartest thing career-wise and, like, business-wise is just smart. So that was, like, my first interaction with them. And then we were on the same stage. We were on the Ali FM stage on Warp Tour. And I got to know all the guys in the band in that, like, formation, which was, like, you know, the guys that I'm with now, Tyler and uh, Scott, and then their singer, Sam, and then their bassist, Jake. Jake. And, like, I really didn't hang out with Sam or Jake all that much, like, if at all. But our two bands, we used the same, like, cheap bus company, And our shit would break down constantly. So our two buses would be on the side of the road just, like, because we're, like, fucking hoofing it and we're sharing it with two other bands. So it's, like, four bands and two buses that keep breaking down across Warped Tour. So we kind of got to know them just from, like, truck stops and shit like that. And me and Scott and Tyler, like, we really got along. And, like, you know... As Warp Tour progressed, I started hanging out with those two guys a lot. And, like, I think there was one night where, like, there's this game called Werewolf that's, like, got this weird cult following in Warp Tour. <laughs> where, like, at the end of every day when, like, you know, everything's shut down and, like, everybody's done. Like, everybody, everything's packed away. Everybody's eaten. Everybody's just kind of drinking, partying, and relaxing before they have to, like, go on the bus for the next, like, ride out. And you kind of just get in this circle and play this game and it's legitimately just who can lie the best and like manipulate people into like believing that they're like not a monster and that's it like you just kill people randomly and you're trying to find 
essentially the werewolf that's going around killing people at night. And I, I was, I wasn't the werewolf, but I was another monster that also tries to win. Cause like, once you have a big enough crew, you have to have multiple monsters killing people to end the game quickly. <laughs> so I just like lied so hard to him and I was so convincing to him. And like the, the way I did it was I just became like, we already had like a rapport and I just kind of became better friends with him. And I felt like if I just became better friends with him and like, you know, tried to, like, use that. I could use it. And this sounds so fucked up talking back on it now. <laughs> but, like, because it was a game I think Tyler, like, knew, but it was also because of that game, we gained this, like, awesome new friendship, too. And it kind of continued throughout Warp Tour outside of the game. And, like, you know, we would hang out, we'd smoke, we'd chill, you know, we'd party on. And then it was one of those situations where, like, I knew my time and sleep on it was up just because, like, you know, whatever it was. I went, and, like, ironically, the same day that I left sleep on it, the there was a WithCon, con- like, concert in, uh, in Chicago. And, like, all my old bandmates were there, and I got hit up by, like, WithCon. And they're like, hey, man, what's up? We haven't seen you. Are you coming? And I kind of, like, briefly told them what happened. And they're like, oh, dude, well, we still want to see you. And then I kind of went, we hung out, I talked, told them my side of the story. And they're like, well, you know, you're a good dude. We love you. And we think you're a talented bassist. So, uh, you know what? And then Josh, like the drummer, Josh Rosini, he looked at me. He's like, man, like it bums me out that that, like that's the way it went down and like how everything went down. But like, I think you should hit somebody up and continue going. He's like, you know, you should hit up Makeout. Like they need a basis like they don't have like a consistent basis they've just been like running through like touring dudes and i was like yeah maybe and then like basically i like hit the guys up and i kind of told them what's what and tyler me and tyler like got on the phone that night and like you know within a, like like a couple hours like i was already kind of in make out like i don't want to say like i was in it because i saw like audition and like <laughs> it was so weird too because i live in chicago and they live in like tyler's in la and scott's in like australia like brisbane that, like, I had to tape myself playing their songs, but, like, my fucking iPhone camera was just focused on my hands and my bass. So I, like, had to, like, widescreen it out and just, like, position it so, like, I was, like, standing straight and awkwardly and just playing the shit. And, like, it was one of those things where they were just testing me if I could learn off-ear, not, like, give me anything or tell me how it's played, but just, like, see how close I can get it. And literally, as soon as I sent it to them, like, I think it took them, like, a couple hours to be like, yeah, like, that's awesome. And, like, you know, I think they both liked me enough to be like, we love you, dude. Like, come on. So That's good. Yeah. It was kind of a nice – It's it's been a nice transition, too, because I feel like they appreciate what I bring to the table. And they, like, listen to me when it comes to, like, writing and shit. So it's, like, it's kind of a breath of fresh air in that respect yeah it's like it's hard to like tell people dynamics of band like being in a band and like the not the ebbs and flows but like how like every person has like a different like role and like it's it's good to hear that like you have a good bond because that's pretty much all it has to be you have to like trust every like everyone in the band pretty much so it's good to hear that yeah it's 
it, it's definitely something that like I was looking for and good to have found, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask, I was going to ask, like, how do you guys usually practice? Or, like, do you guys practice? Especially today in quarantine, like... Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's really interesting. Honestly, it's just kind of like the honor system. <laughs> Honestly, that's what it is. It's, like, you need to know your shit. And, like, I probably... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm the most nervous when it comes to shit because, like, I practice at least, like, daily two hours, honestly. And, like, I know I know it, but, like, with my past experiences, like, I just have this, like, I don't want to call it, like, PTSD, but, like, I have this weird thing where, like, in practice, if someone's, like, staring at me while I'm playing, I feel like I'm fucking up. Which kind of forces me to fuck up, you know what I mean? Like, I get in my own head in this weird way. So, like, I've just, you know, in other bands and, like, other experiences, like, even in, like, middle school, like, trumpet fucking jazz band, like, I just would see them staring at me, and I'm just like, I'm fucking up, I'm fucking up, and then I actually do fuck up. So, like, it's kind of like, it, it is, like, you gotta practice, you gotta know your shit, and then, like what we do is before any tour we've only had like two shows together as a band so far but like it's funny because like scott and tyler came out to chicago because the first day was in chicago and we just went to my studio my old recording studio and just practiced for like four days straight like just went in at like 11 o'clock noon and then left and came back to like my apartment and crashed at like nine o'clock so it was like just rehearsing day in and day out, day in and day out for like four days straight. And like, I would say like of those two shows, the first show in Chicago was the best just because like of everything. I think the second show, we just kind of were just like a lot of weird things went down right before the show where it's just like, like we couldn't find our singer. <laughs> like, and we were supposed to go on stage. We were just like, where is he? And, like, it was just, like, a miscommunication. He was on the other side of the stage. Like, just weird little things like that that, like, I think it comes with time with, like, especially, like, with the experience that I've had. Like, the more and more shows you do together, like, you figure out each other's, like, idiosyncrasies and, like, what you got to look out for and, like, keep a head up for each other, you know? Yeah. I wanted to ask this because I felt, like, I felt like it was, like, the same thing for, like, every band that has, like, people with different, like states away and i was like all right like i have to ask because like i just think i knew it but i was like i have to. i mean is that what you guys do like i was gonna say yeah uh so like it's been like weird this whole like time but now like our new drummer lives in Mm -hmm. burlington and like our lead guitar player lives across the lake of burlington (laughs) which is technically technically new york but you can't like you either have to drive around it for like an hour or, like, go through, like, a ferry. So, we'll kind of switch it up. Um, either they'll come to Portland, and then Stephen will drive. Like, Stephen's only two hours away from mm-hmm. me. And, like, I used to just drive up, because, like, everyone except for Joey was in yeah. Bangor. So, I would just I would just drive up, and we would just practice with no singer. And now it's, like, we switch it off. Like, it's either... Those two guys will come to Portland, or we'll go to Burlington. So, like, luckily we have two practice spaces. That's good. Yeah. 
so it's cool but it was more of like yeah just know your shit and then we'll jam for like a day yeah it and hopefully the first show goes oh yeah dude i remember like i think it was like the first or second practice we got together like for it they were just like do you even know these parts like you recorded yourself and i'm just like i do i'm just in my head and then like the third and fourth day they're like okay he's like more relaxed now and he's like not fucking up because like i don't know it's like it's like one of the weirdest things i have in me is just this like weird mental block that like on stage i know people are staring at me and i'm like they don't care i could fuck up and no one's gonna notice but like just in practice for some reason it's just like uh it's it's the weirdest thing i was laughing throughout every time you said that because like I'm that dickhead that's just staring at people. Dude, yeah. <laughs> like, messing with people out Oh, practice. man. So, like, I'll just stare at Steven, and I'm just, like, flipping him off, or, like, just staring, like, obnoxiously at him, making weird faces, just trying to mess him up, because I think uh, it's dude. funny. Yeah. But, so, I'm that dickhead. We had, uh, one time we had, like, a fill-in, ba- uh, fill-in, not bassist, me, uh, fill-in drummer, uh, Eric from Marina City, and, Like, there was a moment in, like, this one specific song where, like, we both would just fucking, no matter where we were in stage or what we were doing, we would just stop what we were doing, even though we were playing, like, continue playing, but, like, stop, turn and look at each other, meet deadlocked, and, like, not look away and see who would fuck up first. Or, like, who would have to force themselves to look down to prevent themselves from fucking up kind of thing. And then, like, because I, th- I think he realized that that shit was going on with me. And he's just like, all right, now I'm going to try to get him out of that. And, like, all that did was just make me, like, be okay with him staring at me. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm the worst at, like, just messing with people. And I think it's funny. Dude, on stage, hell yeah. I'm all about that. Like, I love fucking with people on stage practice no way like i'm like stone cold still not moving like staring at my hands making sure i'm on time and on rhythm and everything like just being serious as shit and then you can never tell that on stage like i just look like i'm losing my mind like being a dumbass uh so i wanted to bring up uh writing uh i feel like i i haven't heard it but uh you've been talking about writing like that you're uh I know in previous old sleep on you had some say. Uh, it's weird because like you think like bassists don't get to write that much. Like they're just like, oh, tell me the parts. But especially for me, like I'm a big writer. Like I'm always like talking about like everything, and I just wanted to get your opinions on it. Like, so I feel like. <sighs> With Sleep On It, it was, like, it was weird. It was definitely, like, one of those things where I knew if I put my head in too much, it wouldn't go over well. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I felt like there were too many cooks in the kitchen. And, like, if I said too much, even, like, too much about my own bass parts, like, especially towards the end, like, I would definitely... It would definitely, like, butt heads with people. Because I felt like Zach and TJ definitely felt like they had to be, like, the creative leads on everything. And that was great and all. But, like, I I remember in, like, the, f- the first album and with Sleep On It, like, my kind of thing was, like, I kind of realized that, like, you know, they're going to give me these bass parts. And if I go too much or too ridiculous, it's going to be met with some, you know 
I don't know, like dissension. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they want to like, there's certain things that they want to highlight, which is like the voice and like TJ's like lead lines and stuff. And I get it. Like those are awesome. And like you know, TJ was a, is a great writer, and I get that. And that's why I like originally wanted to be in that band. But you know, it was more like because I had a studio, I felt like I was great at like composing songs, and I feel like that's where like my talent is. Where it's just like I can hear a whole song and like visualize it in my head in this weird way, and know that like, hey, maybe we should add more guitar here. You know, reverse where instead of starting with the chorus, let's start a verse in here. Make a bridge like this that starts off slow and then builds to an anthemic thing, and end with like an outro that really is just the lead from the chorus kind of shit. And they like that's kind of how I liked to go about writing with sleep on it just because it felt like I was combining everything. Whereas with make out now, not only like Tyler tends to like do most of like, well, I'm not even tends to, he does most of the, like the instrument stuff besides the drums with Scott and Scott's like, fuck it. The next Travis Barker, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> But the cool thing is, like, me and Kyle kind of sit together and write lyrics, too. And Tyler writes lyrics with us. But, like, because we're in Chicago, we have the ability to, like, Tyler's, like, constantly just playing and writing these, like, chords or, like, these lead lines and then sends them over to us. And then we kind of just, like, sit together and, like, after we practice together the songs and stuff, me and Kyle, we just kind of, like, listen to stuff. And I'm just, like you know, hum something and maybe like he comes up with a melody and I come up with a line or I come up with this weird melody. He comes up with a line. And then it's just kind of like that. And Kyle likes to spend a lot of time with like the little phrases or ideas we've come come up with. Like one time I like wrote this like weird choruses song called hold on that's coming out. And I don't know if it was a chorus or a verse or something, but I like wrote this like line and he looks at me. He's like, dude, that's really cool. What is it about? And I was just like, you know, over the like the past like like it was just like really about like self doubt and like you know not knowing whether or not like I should continue on this road and I just need to like keep my head down and keep going and not like doubt myself kind of mentality and he was just like oh that's really cool and then like he took it and then took it home and kept that kind of mentality but put his own spin on it thought about it in his own mindset and like wrote like another like verse and chorus uh, like or like verse and bridge or whatever and he came back and we kind of wrote this song and it was like really cool. And like the way it came about was very, I don't want to say like, you know, natural, but that's kind of what it was. Like that sounds so cliche because it's just like, you know, this like kind of weird like method that we did, but that's kind of how it went by. And like, you know, that's just one song, but the cool thing about it is like, it feels more inclusive. Like if we have an idea there's no, there's no dumb ideas. Like I, I feel like every idea I have, I feel is stupid. <laughs> you, you know, like I have this like weird mentality where I'm just like, nah, my ideas suck. But the cool thing with like make out so far is like, and like every time like we've talked about anything, it's just like, yeah, man, let's let's test it out. And like we run down that rabbit hole, and if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. But it's not because like no one just shut it down. Whereas like you know, that wasn't my experience in sleep on it. So it was just like, it's, it's definitely two different methodology methodologies and like each have their like pluses and minuses in my opinion. Like, I think both bands are great. 
you know i i i'm i was in both of them you know yeah but like it's all you yeah but like at the end of the day it's just like what makes me happier is like and these guys allow me to have more of a creative input on it and like it's 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 fun <laughs> like i feel like like i feel like i'm like with my buddies like and we've only done like songwriting sessions and shit and like like songwriting trips and that's like the most we've done but like and like a couple practices in that one like two show tour i wouldn't even call it a tour i'd call it like run or something but like it's just been like especially when scott's around like we rarely get to see scott but like it's just like the that like cousin that you don't get to see but you love like partying with when they're over like that's kind of what it feels it's just like family you know yeah that's awesome to hear um that's like it's cool to know that like you guys just don't shut things down like you like we'll try it out because like i feel like that's like jamming or like songwriting you're like it's very like trying to get someone to hear your idea is the hardest thing yeah it is so it's good to hear that you guys are open to do uh, or try things well it's like i think i think when it comes to songwriting people have like certain mindsets to it and I, I definitely see why there are certain people that are like no I'm the guy that needs to write it I needs to be this vision and I, I totally understand that because like a lot of the time once their like end goal sets out it's a great vision but at the same time like it's nice being a part of a more collaborative like situation you know yeah like every time like we oh, oh no no go ahead you go I, Oh, I was gonna say like every time like I used to be like very like oh producers like what but, like every time we've like met our new producer or like Seth or like anyone I'm like oh my god like I was such an idiot <laughs> like what yeah so it's good to hear yeah, yeah no I totally get that like I love Seth uh he's he's the fucking man and Seth was one of the first producers like. Before Seth, we'd work with, like, Paul Levitt, and, like, we went to Gravity Studios and worked with the guys there, and I feel like, and no disrespect to Paul, Paul is a great producer, but with Seth, he was one of the first producers that really went out of his way to, like, make sure I was heard, and it was, like, super refreshing in the fact that, like, even though he kind of knew there wasn't a lot of, like, wiggle room just from, like, the band, like, dynamic, he kind of was just, like, when it was time to track bass, he was just, like, all right, I just want, he was just, like, just TJ can be in here, and if you get too, like, talkative and too loud, I'm gonna kick you out kind of shit, and then he was just, like, me and him, he was just, like, what are you thinking, and, like, I remember specifically for See You Around that, uh, how, like, bass-driven that song is, it, when it was first written in the, in the demos, I was just hitting root notes because that's kind of like what everyone wanted and really wanted to let that like piano guitar shine through. But Seth was like, man, this sounds super boring. Like, let's be, bring it up a bit. And then he was just like, what if we... And then he kind of like me and him kind of like wrote this like weird like that whole like driving bass line because I was like, I really wish that like the bass could be the focus of one song at least once. And he was like, all right, let's try and make that happen here. And, like, it was really cool to see me and him kind of, like, you know, like, flesh that out. And I just, like, I really appreciated that. And, like, same thing with Kyle Black. Like, you know, during Pride and Disaster, like, recording, it was was hard for me. 
because uh, I just didn't feel like I was getting hurt. And I kind of, it was kind of one of those situations where like we didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't have a lot of time to work. And Kyle Black was just like super supportive of it all. And like, basically like at one point when I was like tracking baselines, he looked at me and he's just like, hey man, like I, I see that this is kind of hard for you. And he kind of like pulled me aside and said all this. And he's like, I see it's kind of hard for you. Do you want to stay and come in later and like come in at like 1 a.m.? and like redo all the base parts and just get it done like just you and me and i i will never forget that <laughs> you know like that was like one of the coolest things for me because like I, I i wanted to take him up on that offer too i did but like i knew that i couldn't because if i did then there's potential that he would be too tired and would come in late the next day and then we wouldn't get anything like everything done on time so it's just one of those things where it's just like i I really appreciate producers that are like open to collaboration and you kind of as an artist have to be in that mindset too. Like you have to be willing to like, it, it's super difficult to have this song that you've fallen in love with and you spent hours and months and like years on just writing this song and give it to someone else. But like, you also have to have that realization that they want it to be the best product too, you know? Yeah. And it's 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 totally this weird kind of out of body experience where you kind of have to be like, yeah, like take it and run, even though like I think this is like a like my baby, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's just like you kind of have to like as an artist come in with that mentality that's like, okay, these guys are here to help and like you know be open to it. And you know, I I'm just lucky that I've worked with some awesome producers on some stuff, so. It's good to hear that, like, we had similar, like, we had similar uh, experiences with Seth. Like, the first time, like, I was, like, super quiet the first two days, which is, like, not like me. Because I was, like, uh, like, I, we had, like, I didn't think we'd ever, like, go out to do it. And we did. So I was, like, very, like, nervous. And, like, after, like, the first song, he's, like, oh, shit, you can play. I was, like, whoa. <laughs> I was, like, he thinks, like, I'm good. This is sick. And, like. That was the easiest time I've ever recorded because Seth was so like chill and like supportive and like creative at the same time. Like we had similar like interests where he's like, "Hey, you should do something. Like you're pretty good. You should actually like ca like capture something good." And I was like, "Whoa! Like this is awesome." Yeah, I think being a dad has definitely helped him bring out that warmth <laughs> inside of him. You know, because like I just like. I, I felt the exact same way. Like it was funny though, because like you, I smoke weed obviously, and <laughs> I think I think it's like quite well known. I have like horrible anxiety, and that shit helps me so much. And uh, one day I was like smoking outside, and he he literally comes running outside after uh, Ashley leaves, and like he's just like, yeah, 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 pass me that, pass me that, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so he's just like. Ah. I, I need to smoke right now. My my wife just left. I got to get it done. And I'm sorry, Ashley, if you listen to this and I get Seth in trouble. I'm sorry, Seth. But I have to tell this story. <laughs> so he comes up to me and we started smoking. And, like, uh, it's this weird thing with, like, smoking where, like, you kind of form this bond because it's just you two. You're interacting. You're sharing this, like, moment. And then you, you kind of get on the same wavelength, too. And he kind of just looks at me, he's like, hey, man, and, like, that's when he had his talk with me, and we, like, both kind of started talking about, like, you know, where CU Around is, how we can do it, and how we can change it, and, like, literally, how can we bring it up to the guys? So it's just, like, 
it was this weird like I don't want to say dad, but like more of like an older brother kind of thing where like you're both doing something you know you shouldn't be doing kind of shit. And like, but yet you kind of make this form. So it was, I totally agree. I just, Seth has this like weird warmth to him that like brings out the like the best in you. Dude, I was like, when we had a demo of temporary, like that was like, that used to be my baby. Like I loved, like I would rack my brain on like trying to make that so much better and like the second day he's like oh like how open are you to like for like me like giving ideas and we're like oh like first we're like i don't know and then he like switched the course around and then we're like oh my god like and i was so happy because he like pretty much not rewrote the chorus but he he pretty much rewrote the chorus. I should. He did like he like switched things around, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah! Like this is what I wanted, but I can never like figure right. it out." Right? It's like that different and, like, perspective. Yeah, and I like we used we were joking for a while that like we were eventually gonna give him like a, you know, like I'm not a Patriots fan, but like we were gonna send him like a case of lobsters <laughs> and like a New England Patriots like. <laughs> Jersey that just says goat on it, like Henderson, like it would be like goat nice. Henderson. Uh, but uh, also, I, now that I brought up football, I feel like we could talk uh, about football. Don't, I don't want to talk about football because, like, I'm so <laughs> nervous that like sports will not come back. Like the NBA coming back right now in this bubble has got me like anxious as shit because, like, I feel like no star players are gonna go. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like it's just going to be, like, a bunch of, like, it's going to be, like, let's be real, it's going to be, like, the D, like, NBA D League playing each other, like, the bench squad playing each other. But, but yeah. like, I don't know, man. You think the Packers are going to do anything? You think Rodgers has, like, anything left in him with that mustache? I think, I think he, uh, I'm, as a Packers fan, I'm fully convinced, like, he could be gone, like, in two years, like, I'm, like, I, I know, like, I've been heartbroken that, like, I could, like, he could go. Like, I'm, I had that in me. So, like, being in New England, like, people were, like, crying about Tom Brady. I was, like, I knew this was gonna happen. Like, I was, like, I was trying to make bets with people. I was, like, yeah, he's, he's gone. Like, give me money. Because like, yeah. I knew from, like, Brett and Aaron. But I think, I think he'll, like, the thing of this whole situation is he's not he's not bad he's just not Aaron Rodgers like you know like his like stats are still not horrible they're just not his yeah. level of that and he's getting old and the Packers are like a completely different team like they're going to be a running team Yeah I was going to say it's more of a, it's not really a pass heavy team yeah, so it's like I like I'm like cool. Like I think, especially last season, like when he needed to stop up, he stepped yeah. up. So I'm like cool with it. Like I, multiple people were texting me on draft night. And I was like, I was like, all right, like I've seen this happen. Like a quarterback going number one. Yeah, this is not new to me. <laughs> like it's been 15 yeah. years. Uh. I think if I think he'll have like a good like I think if football does happen, I think he could have like a big comeback year. But still not like 
big like 2011 Aaron Rodgers, but I think he like, I think he's gonna like, I think this is the fire that he needs. Fair. To where he's like stepping like, his game up a little bit. He's just like, I'm not gonna let this like, yeah. young buck take my spot. Like fuck you, sitting back kind of shit. Yeah, or he's gonna make it like even harder I, to like boot him. I mean, I would hope. <laughs> I also like. I would hate to see this, but if he would go to, like... I'm, like, anti-Jimmy Garoppolo. So you want him to like, go to the 49ers? <laughs> I, I would be okay with it, because, like, that whole story is just, like, good. Like, that's a movie right there, to, like, him to finally go to San Fran. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know why, but I'm so, like, about Cam Newton coming to New England. I think it's I was going to awesome. say, I... Hey, I am not hyped. I am so anti-Patriots. Like, I have the worst anti-Patriots, dude, like, ever. Like, and, like, the worst part is, so, uh, I started teching for We the Kings, like, this past year, and they are all fucking huge Patriots fans. Them, almost everybody on the crew, and, like, my happy Falcon ass walks onto this bus on Sunday wearing my Falcons jersey, and I turn and look, open the fucking door to... Patriots city and I was just like ah oh, motherfuck the whole fucking like season of this so yeah no uh Cam Newton going up there is like going from one enemy to like an even hated more rivaled wow. enemy so I I'm like all about it because I just like I love like the mentality of like New England's like oh like they don't like star people so like oh like that he won't fly here but He's like, gonna fly there. If Come you on. look at like, oh, I like just the fact that like they were like they were like they're not gonna make a playoffs the first time in twenty years. No, like, what? They're gonna like, and now like they're like, oh yeah, like they they could go to the Super Bowl. I mean, like because of just Cam. But, That's insane. No, I kind of agree with it though. I have this like as much as I hate the Patriots, and trust me, I hate the Patriots. I have this, <laughs> I have this fucking theory where. Tom Brady isn't a good quarterback. He's not. Okay? He's an – I think he's an average quarterback. I have this theory that if you put any of, like, the top ten quarterbacks into that Patriot system, they're going to thrive there just because, like, Belichick is a fucking genius. Let's be honest. Like, I hate him. He, he needs to wear something besides a hoodie. But <laughs> he's a genius, and he knows what he's doing, and it's – kind of tried to choose system there so like i feel like now this is the ultimate opportunity for me to like test out this hypothesis like cam newton is in my opinion one of the top 10 talents if he's not hurt which he has been a lot and if he has an o-line that can defend him which i feel like new england does he can yeah do like well dude like people are like oh like seeing everyone's like oh he can't play and I'm like, well, yeah, he finally has, like, an offensive line. Right. That, like, is good. Remember, like, like primetime Cam when everybody was like, he's the next Michael Vick, you know? Yeah. I was just like, he just needs a better team and a good O-line. That's all he needed. I think Cam is actually, like, not I – I wouldn't even compare Cam to Michael because Cam can throw – like, Cam can throw. He's just a beast. See, I, the only reason why I compare Cam to Michael is because growing up, Michael Vick was like a hero until the whole dog thing, and then that tainted it, yeah. especially for me. But besides that, before that, he was he was more like uh, what's the 
the Ravens quarterback right now? Lamar. Lamar. Yeah, there you go. Lamar is exactly quintessential Mike Vick in the fact that he can run like a running back, but also Lamar Jackson is a much better thrower than Michael Vick, in my opinion. And I think you're right in the fact that Cam Newton's a better thrower, but I don't think he can run as well as Mike Vick in that mindset. That's that's fair, yeah. You know? I would say Cam is more like I would, I don't want to say he's Donovan because Donovan's like not Donovan was like I don't even I can't even remember Donovan. He Donovan was I just remember his him own like kind of beast, man. Yeah, yeah. So like Cam is like unworldly. I'm like in my eyes. I'm just kind of excited that if the season comes back, I feel like every week the Falcons are gonna have like a a hard matchup or like. It's going to be either be like super hard because within their division, and then once they go outside their division, it's going to be cake. Or yeah. like they're just going to be like, because like I have to say, man, that division is the hardest division in the NFL right now. Saints, I Falcons, I Bucks. Yeah, as like a, I kind of wanted Teddy to go to. I want Teddy to go to New England because I think like I like, even though he was like a Viking, like just the story of like him coming yeah. back. And, like, he played really well last year when Bruce oh, yeah. was gone. So I was like, oh, like, I wouldn't mind, like, I think my, like, hatred of, like, New England is just, like, I agree, like, Tom is, Tom is good. The, what makes Tom, Tom is, like, his dedication. Yeah. He's not a good quarterback. Like, if you picked, like, if you saw, like, quarterbacks, you'd be like, that's not a quarterback. If you didn't know who Tom Brady was. Yeah and he walked by him, you would not think he plays NFL because he's not, like, a built guy or he doesn't look, like, very muscular. And that's, like, so, like, I just, like, hate the, I don't know, it's just, like, the underdog. Like, I don't, you have to root for, like, an underdog. But I I wish Teddy would come to England, but Camp, like, even having Cam is, just, like, good. Yeah. But... I would I would agree with you. Like the NFC South is just gonna be like I mean, I'm like I was so stoked on getting Todd Gurley, man. Like I was just like, oh one year and it's only a one year deal, so you know like the Falcons are going all in to get to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. I I think like people like they people were like, Oh, they fall they haven't really fallen off that hard. I feel like I feel Falcons. like the fact that they fired Shanahan is I, I don't want to say it's a mistake but I feel like it it was it was too hasty it was a hasty decision and I agree and I understand why they did it they did it because of the fucking Super Bowl that they lost when Matt Ryan should have just need it and taken it like killed the time and just won it instead of throwing it I totally get it I understand why they fired him but like since he's left we haven't gotten as far and an offensive like like fucking coach like is huge, you know. Offensive like coordinator is like massive, and I don't know. It just feels different. But I feel like, especially with fucking Todd Gurley, like Julio Jones, uh, and everyone on that Falcons squad, like Matt Ryan. Like I love Matt Ryan. I think he's great. I think he's a very underrated quarterback, especially how clutch he is in the fourth quarter. But 
Yeah, I just feel like if we and New Jersey's like they put in New Jersey's, they have like uh, arguably the best like stadium. It's like one or two in like the NFL. They have like Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, like all these dudes, Calvin Ridley, like a fucking massive defensive squad, a ridiculous O line. Like it's this year a bust pretty much, and like. I'm excited to watch as a Falcons fan and as an Atlanta fan because I have the lowest expectations. Like, just Atlanta sports in general, you got to be prepared for the ultimate letdown. (laughs) And, like, I think that was evidenced in that last Super Bowl. Like, we were destroying and then lost significantly. (laughs) And, like... Dude, I read the conspiracy theories, man. I've I read all of that. Like, making Tom Brady be the ultimate, like, goat and, like, on purpose, like, walking into the Falcons' room during halftime and be like, yeah, we'll give you a bunch of money if you let them win. Like, I can see that. Do I believe it? Nah, I don't know. But, like, I just feel like it's this or bust for them this year. Like, that they have to do it. And I feel like it's going to get to that point where, like, they're going to have Deion Sanders sitting sideline getting, like, in their faces. Like, and, go, you got to get in there. Like, they brought back, like, his, like, era, the Dirty Bird era, like, throwback jersey this year, too, for that. So it's just, like, it just, I feel like it's just pointing everything towards, like, yo, this is the year. This is the year. Or at least they're trying their asses off to make it look that way, you know? Dude, I I'm excited, but. You like if it happens, I think it's gonna be super. Have you been like? Have you watched wrestling recently, or even premiere? <laughs> oh, oh my god! It's funny you should say that. So my girlfriend is so angry with me right now because I found this like app on. We don't have cable, but we have like Roku or whatever. And I found this yeah. app called Tubi, and it has uh, Lucha Underground from the very beginning to when it ended in like two thousand nine or twenty nineteen or whatever. And I'm just, like, binge-watching these, like, lucha things. And it's, like, it's, it's, I want to say it's, like, NXT for, like, you know, all the, or it's, like, yeah, it's, no, no, this is, this is how I'm going to compare it. It's WCW compared, because WWE has been around since, like, the get-go. And then there's always been, like, these, like, off-brand, off-tier, like, wrestling, like, attempting to be their like rival kind of shit where it was like wcw then wcw nwo then that fell through and then like who knows what came up after i don't even remember and then it was like uh what was it it was like there's like tna, TNA. there's like yeah there's like ring of, ring of honor yeah there's it was so ring of honor then it was like lucha underground then tna and then like fucking now it's aew and i'm just going through lucha underground right now and like i'm watching ricochet as prince puma jr i'm watching like johnny nitro as johnny mundo i'm watching like and they have like these old lucha guys like blue demon jr coming in and like some dudes from the triple a like tejano and fucking el patron and shit and it's like it's very like mexican like flavored and induced but like they have these dudes like cage that is in AEW now and shit and like these dudes that are like big now in like these other areas that were just like starting out here and it's so fucking interesting because like Rey Mysterio Jr. pops in from time to time like Vampiro is the the commentator like it's just wild to see this and like see how vast wrestling is but 
to answer your question after that long winded like thing, <laughs> I'm still catching up on WWE and I want to read like I want to catch up on like AEW because I was like in a TNA for so long because it's just Sting. Sting, Sting yeah. is like my hero, as you know. So like, I just followed him and his career. So no, I'm not caught up, but I want to be, and I'm slowly catching up. Ah, uh, so I've like, I don't like, I don't try to catch up. Like, I'll just like jump back yeah. in. So I jumped in like I was like, oh, like I'm bored. So like I was like WrestleMania, like I'll just watch okay. it. And like I'll follow along like loosely. So I've been watching like some of the mm-hmm. reviews because like. Edge is sick. Like I'm like, oh, Edge is back. Like this is awesome. But so uh, I watched WrestleMania and I'm like, how is this gonna happen? So I don't know if I'm gonna if I spoil. Oh, dude, no, 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 spoil away because like I'm one of those guys like I can rewatch it and like because I I like watching the storyline, it makes it more interesting to me, even though I know what's gonna happen. I mean. Uh, so they've been filming inside, like, their performance. Right, I, I saw that. Yeah, I think I, like, watched a couple. This is the one where they had no crowd, right? Yeah, they've, like, they started with no crowd. Now they're getting into, like, putting, like, p- like people that are still training, like, in the stands. So they're trying. And then, so, in the last pay-per-view, the, like, big match was Edge versus, versus uh, Orton again. But they tagged it as like the greatest wrestling match ever, which is like a bold thing. Yeah. So, um, what they did was they've been like putting people in the, the like sitting yeah. areas, and then at first it's like weird to watch wrestling with like no audience. But you kind of like after you watch it like a couple times, you like the wrestlers are like. They're really just talking smack now. Like you can hear, like, which they probably all always been doing, but you can clearly hear it now. And it, I think it adds something, which is good because it's boring without like the yeah. crowd. But so like I got used to it, and then for this wrestling like Edge versus uh, Orton, they put fake audio. Oh in. no! <laughs> so it's super weird, and it's like you can tell like they're like trying to make it like more enhanced and like i said premier league because like i premier league came back and i was like they like i watched one game i was like yeah it's done who cares but they like they were doing the same thing where it was like adding fake noise in which is it's like so weird yeah to think like we're living in like a fucking future world right now man and the fact that like i watched i watched a (laughs) juventus game with because i love ronaldo you know portuguese pride baby um and dude is 35 it's still going off anyway it it, it was i think soccer to me is easier to go with no crowd just because like it was cool seeing the crowd like in between like takes or whatever and like seeing them get rowdy and shit and like you know when in the world's cup they look at like all the people with the crazy makeup and stuff like that's fun but i feel like soccer alone has just enough like focus to it especially for like 90 minutes at a time where you can kind of get away with it basketball i feel like it's gonna be weird without it especially because like over the years like you know 
the people that sit sideline are just so like involved, like Spike Lee, Jack Nicholson. Those guys are like iconic to like the Lakers and the Knicks. And like now Atlanta's got like Quavo and like two chains too. So it's like those guys are starting to like be like and that's interesting, the weird dynamic and interaction they have with like the players and like the people courtside. So I feel like that's gonna be a little weird. But wrestling is just to me, when I when I first watched it, I guess I was watching somebody's promo and he was talking trash to the like to the crowd like you're doing a promo and i'm just like this is wild cuz he's like waiting for the crowd to get rowdy like you would normally do but there's no one to get rowdy so he's just like let me hear it and i was like no <laughs> one's <It's>... there <laughs> it's so like uh, i watched it cuz like i had nothing else to do besides like watch a movie so i'm like all right like i'll watch it and I'm like, oh my god, like it's so bad that it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like whatever. Uh oh dude. That's uh, ki- I hopefully Oh no, I was just gonna say that's kinda Hopefully <laughs> We did it twice. <laughs> I was gonna say that's kinda how I feel about like this Lucha Underground, because they have like one wrestler named Drago who's like definitely like an up and comer. And I just watched a match today where he gets kicked in like in the grunt like chest. <laughs> stomach area and the kick was supposed to be one of those kicks that turns him back into like the turnbuckle or whatever into like the ropes but he does it and then he realized like he goes down to like crunch and stay still and then he realizes he fucked up in the like like events and slowly steps backwards and then puts himself in between like the middle like (laughs) fucking like two ropes like hanging sideways like he just got hit super hard and, like, it was in the slowest motion ever. And I was just like, oh, man, that's so bad. It's good. Dude, that's what, like, watching it now is. But uh, I hope, like, hopefully football comes. Uh, I don't know. I I also might watch, like, I'm not, like, a huge NBA guy. Like, I've tried to watch it, like, throughout the years. And, I, like, I lose interests, like, in it. Because I, I don't know, like... I, I'm like, what do I like? I tried to watch it two years ago when like the Bucks were starting to come yeah. up, and like the, and I'm like I just can't pick the team. Like I'm like, do I root for Boston or do I root for Milwaukee? And I just like stop caring. I'm like, all right, cool. Like I don't care anymore because like they'll both just like excellent. I'm like, all right, I'll try next. I year. mean, if but, you if you're looking for a team to follow between those two, right now would be a good time to start following the Bucks. You have like arguably the best young player. Since LeBron James, so yeah, I've I've like read that he might like leave, which is Heart- like that would be heartbreaking. Like, that would be really hard. It's yeah. funny because like there's like this whole I love the NBA, obviously, and you guys, your coach right now is Coach Budenholzer. He was the former Atlanta Hawks coach. So okay. before we had this like GM in Atlanta, we had another guy, and he was the guy who brought in coach bud and they did this thing where uh the year that Giannis was drafted they had the 17th pick and milwaukee had the 15th so atlanta started like hardcore recruiting that year like so hard going across and they made sure that they did it out of seas like outside of the united states because they thought that they could have like a one-up on all the other teams because they're not looking outside the united states and they found this kid, Giannis, and they literally brought this kid over to the U.S., trained in the Atlanta, like in Atlanta, 
stayed at the Atlanta GM's house during all of his like MBA trials and like you know tests for medicine. Did all of this stuff in Atlanta. Was ready to go to Atlanta, and then Milwaukee two days before something happened where like I think the GM was fired and like was getting replaced by the new guy coming in something like that someone gets fired then goes to literally Milwaukee and gets rehired and tells them everything he heard about this kid in Atlanta and it was just literally two days before the draft Milwaukee hits up Atlanta is like hey can we get his medical reports and then like draft him to two picks before Atlanta and Atlanta literally goes Man, what the fuck are we going to do now? <laughs> like, we have no idea what we're going to do. And they picked uh, Dennis Schroeder. So they did a good pick. They still got, a good, like, a decent backup point guard. But to go from, like, a backup point guard to, like, a for, like literally lead the team power forward who's going to be, like, changing the landscape of the NBA is, like, yeah. kind of wild. <laughs> That's funny that you mentioned that because I think last – Last year, I was reading uh, the Brett Favre, like, his second, like, actual book. Like, the first one he was just, like, is, like, apparently yeah. fake. And, like, this one's, like, the real one. And, like, that's the same thing that happened with Brett Favre, apparently. Like, well, he also was just, like, yeah. Brett Favre and didn't give a yeah. fuck. <laughs> but, like, so, like, I forgot who in, the like, the Velikans were, like, oh, I saw this kid. Like, he's going to be, like, the star of, like, the 90s, pretty yeah. much. And, like, they drafted him, and, like, the GM did not want to draft Brett Favre. And, like, he almost got cut, like, multiple times throughout, the, like, his first year. Because he would show up drunk. Like, he knew, like, he wasn't playing. He just yeah. didn't care. And he would, like, show up drunk. And, like, he actually missed the photo. Like, the yearly yeah, photo. Yeah, the team photo that, yeah. Because <laughs> he... Yeah, he missed, like, his, his... The year, like, he spent in Atlanta. But that guy, like the guy that wanted to draft him, got fired, got hired in uh, in Green Bay, and like, dem- like he was like, "Yo, we need to like trade for this guy." Like we, and they're like, "No, he's like, Harvey's gonna be like a washout." Yeah. And like, so like, I guess that's like a conspiracy of like people leaving Atlanta, going to Wisconsin, of all the places. Yeah, like Wisconsin. you'd think that they'd be like LA, New York, like let's if we're gonna fuck over Atlanta, let's really fuck over Atlanta. But no, let's just go to Wisconsin. Like it seems nice in the winter. <laughs> like what? Oh Jesus. Uh, I I've luckily only ever been to like the Midwest in like the summertime. So like I can only imagine how cold it actually is, like, in Chicago or Wisconsin. I mean, I grew up in Atlanta until I was, like, 18, and I spent, like, 10 years almost in Chicago. And I am just now starting to hate winter. <laughs> so... <laughs> it took that It took long. 10 years for me to start hating winter. I mean, because, like, growing up in Atlanta, man, when it snowed, it was, like, a huge deal. And then, like, coming here to Chicago, it just, like, the first couple of years, like, when I was in college, like, it was peaceful and serene. And, like, I would just throw, like, I would smoke, throw on headphones, and, like, go for a walk in, like, what felt like a deserted city. And it was the best feeling for me in those times. Because, like, no one was out because it was too fucking cold. And, like, my happy ass was in, like ski gear and like just fucking walking up and down the streets just being like this is a cool kid cuddy album i really like it you know 
like just like and that's that's how i spent like the first couple winters and like now it's just like okay i can't do shit i'm stuck inside i can't even go get food like it's too cold to go outside like i'm not young anymore i'm like yeah let's go do it i'm saying that i'm like 29 but like i just yeah it's just kind of wore out and now me and my girlfriend are thinking about moving to california Dude, I feel like that's, like, a very, like, I, everyone that I know, like, that is in music is, like, thinking of, oh, it's just moving to California, and, like, I've not yet been to the West Coast, like, the furthest I've gone in America, like, West was Wisconsin, so, like, I was, like, I was, like, all right, if I die, like, I die, like, I'm cool, like, I went, but, like, everyone's, like, obsessed, and, like, I just, like, I've yet to go, so, like, I don't know, like, how good it is, but, like, I really weirdly love, like, North Carolina, and I'm, like, I would, if I were to move, like, I would want to move to, like, Charlotte or something. I don't know why. Because, like, growing up in New England, like, you hate, like, you're, like, all right, like, cold. Like, I'm used to it. Like, it's now, like, it's also now, I'm, like, this kind of sucks. I, like, I wouldn't think, like, I would, if I wanted to move, it would be to, like, the south of America, which was, Hor- probably a horrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> as someone who grew up in the south, no, I mean like the south is cool. Uh, I have nothing really against the south. It's just like not for me. Like I kind of like the idea of California, just because like you know if you get someplace, I don't know, pretty much almost any place in California, you're like three hours away from mountains and snowboarding, and like three hours away from surfing and like beach, and like you're in a city. Like there's not much more you can ask, you know. Yeah, that's why I'm, like, thinking of North Carolina, because, like, I now, like, live in Portland, Mm -hmm. but, like, I grew up in, like, bumfuck Maine, so, like, it was, like, oh, I have to drive, like, five minutes, and, like, I'm near a mountain or, like, a lake, so it's, like, I, like, if I want, I, like, think it's now, it's, like, for me, like, driving 30 minutes to go, like, out to bumfuck, I'm, like, no, that's horrible, but, like, I had never, like, liked going for walks until, like, quarantine started, so now I'm, like, oh, man, like, I need to go, like, hiking now. And I'm like, oh, like, North Carolina would be like that. Like, I would live in, like, Charlotte and just, like, drive 15 minutes and, like, I could probably find a mountain. Dude, So I I just have to say this. If you – and you got to do this, too, because, like, I I got – I signed up for a credit card, like, a while ago, (laughs) like, when I was in sleep on it. And I got, like, points for hotels and shit, right? And that, and then yeah. I got another credit card where <laughs> all the points go to like airfare, right? And then I like I've I've had these credit cards for like since I left college almost. So Ed, none of them are paid off. I still got a lot that I still left pay off. <laughs> but um, the point being, with all those points and shit that I've like accumulated through the years, like it allowed me to take my girlfriend. Like, after the alt, like, changing bands and shit, and, like, I was, like, dealing with this, like, weird, like, mental break, where I was just, like, am I good enough, like, to be a musician? Should I, like, stop and, like, change my whole career path and, like, do something where I could, like, make money? I, the, we should do this again, and that could be the whole episode. Oh, dude, no, I don't want to talk about that. That that would, like, (laughs) that would make me so depressed. Like, I don't want to talk about that again. Dude. But, like, that was kind of, like, the oh. mental space I was in. And, like, I just spent all these points. Like, literally, I have no points now. <laughs> but I spent all these points and, like, took me and my girlfriend to Hawaii for, like, two weeks. Dude, it was the 
best decision I've ever done. Like, and I'm one of those guys that I'm like, oh, I gotta save these points for like who knows when, and like for the dumbest fucking reason ever. And then like finally, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm not happy. Like, my girlfriend deserves a like, you know, a vacation. I deserve a vacation. Like, I'm having a mental breakdown. <laughs> Like, let's go to the most beautiful place I could think of and, like, can afford to take us with, with, like, these thousand-some points that, like, have put me into credit card debt. So, I I highly recommend, if you're going to go into debt, you might as well get, like, double the pleasure, you know, and get those, like, dude. flight and hotel points and just take yourself to Hawaii, dude. It's the best thing. I... I don't, like, the thing is, is, like, I, like, I don't mind, like, hot weather, but, like, I like, like, a good, like, six, like, 60 to 80 is, like, where I'm, like, I think is, like, the best. Like, if it gets above, like, 85, I'm, like, all right, this sucks. It's because, like, I'm never, like, I'm never used to, like, 100 degrees, like, ever. Uh-oh. So, I'm, like, ah, oh. like, I, like, hate, like, I used to hate going outside, but now I'm, like, all right, this is cool. <laughs> but, uh, it's funny that you mentioned credit card, because, like, the beginning of quarantine, I was like, all right, like, I luckily got unemployment, so I was like, I'm gonna make more, like, on unemployment, so I just, like, cleared my credit card, and I started saving, so I was like, all right, sick, but of the, the worst part is, like, I can't go anywhere, so I'm just, like, stuck in my house watching Zionville Moses, <laughs> yes. and, like, if I leave, if I leave, my roommates are, like, questioning me, they're like, Pat, like, you're not on the couch, like, watching Seinfeld, like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, I'm just trying to, like, go out, but, like, not. So it's, like, I, like, have, like, I had, like, some money. Like, I was saving some money up, and I was like, all right, like, whatever. So I just bought a Rick instead, instead of going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, I have, we, you've mentioned, we've, uh, we used to do some DIY touring, so, like, I, Awesome, I'm gonna bring this up. Uh, your gear hasn't changed like a lot, has it? Or like from what I've seen, like you used to run the S4. Yeah, right? I used to. Uh, I that thing blew one tour. I think it was, I think it was on like <laughs> four years strong. So that, that that thing like literally had like you know those like comical explosions you see on like films. Yeah. Or like there's like something short so you see something like light up electrically in the front and then all of a sudden there's like coming out slowly that's exactly what happened and i took it to get repaired and they're like yeah this shit's not gonna get repaired so i ended up buying uh i went to like cme chicago music exchange and they had what the guy told me was, and I thought was complete bullshit, but he was like, this is like the model that S- like that Ampeg made before the uh, SVT Classic. And I messed around with it, and it had this cool, like, it has double ins and out, like, double ins for highs and double ins for lows. And I asked the guy if, like, you can get, like, a weird, like, he kind of showed me this weird, like, kind of trick. Where- you can, like... Yeah, jumpster, jumpster, exactly, uh, yeah. where you get this, like, awesome fucking distortion by, like, connecting the two, like, inputs. And, like, I did that, and I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds epic. <laughs> like, and, like, from that point on, I've just used that and, like, my old Ampeg, like, 8x10, which is a bitch and a half, but, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's funny that you mentioned that it blew up, because I remember, like, forever ago, 
I like had to play at that one show, and like I think the like the following tour, you like messaged me. You're like, "What'd you do?" Because like it like didn't it, like sh- you. I remember you were like, "Did you fuck with my head or something?" Because like it, something happened. Really, you were like, "I think you fucked." Like you were blaming it on me, which I probably may have done. But you're like, "I think you fucked this up," which probably I did. <laughs> no, but, I think like that was more yeah. about like um, I think yeah, it was just the tone. Like I would, I was just like, I think you fucked up my tone, bro. And then, legitimately, right after that tour, I started doing this this thing where like I mark like my volume with like nail polish. So I put like a dot, like literally like along where I like leave my fucking lines and shit on all my pedals and shit. You see these little like different colored dots depending on like what I'm looking for tone wise. But, like, they'll always line up to, like, one specific color. It's either, like, all black, all red, or, like, whatever. Look, Depending on what I'm looking for. But that's literally because of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I will apologize. I will finally probably apologize. No, dude. It, it's but... one of those things where, like, you, the more and more you tour, it's more and more, like, you realize that, like, other people are going to use your shit. Especially, like, on DIY yeah. tours. And, like you kind of just have to, like, you, you you can either be a giant asshole about it, or you can figure out a way to, like, manage it. And, like, I'm not I'm not going to try to be an asshole. I mean, I'm an asshole to you because you're my buddy. But, like, I'm not going to be, like, to somebody I've never met and be like, no, you can't use my shit. Like, it's annoying. Yeah, you should get your own shit, 100%. Anybody listening to this, if you're an opener, get your own shit. Don't ask for other people's shit. Only ask to share gear if it brings the space, like, clears the space up. That's the only reason why. But, yeah. I learned to, like, mark my shit so I don't lose my tones. Okay. So, yeah, you have, like, the SVT that, like, probably every bass player, like, wants eventually. But, yeah, you have. Yeah, I guess. No big deal. And then... Technically, uh, I'm a Fender artist, so I just play American P basses. Classic. Yeah. I remember, like, the first time I ever met, I was like, I would always, like, wanted the Nate, and I was like, oh, man, he has the Nate. And, like, when we were playing Lincoln Hall, you're like, hey, can you hold this? I was like, oh, my God, yes. Sick. <laughs> I remember you jamming out while I was, like, trying to fix whatever I needed to fix on my back or, like, my ears or whatever, and you're just going hard. I'm like, eh, at least I'm having a good time. That's, like, the Mendel yeah. edition is one of my favorite bases. Like, it's literally hanging. I'm, I'm staring at it right now in my living room, hanging up on the wall. And I, I just love it because, like, I've played so many shows with that thing, and, like, that was the last guitar I ever got before. I was, like, an art, like, a Fender artist. And it's got that badass bridge, which is awesome. And, like, I don't know. It's got, like, so many nicks and, like, like marks and scuffs and shit from everything. It's, everything's, like, a memory. And it also has my Atlanta Hawks, like, old school Hawks, like, written out in the back. So it's just a classic for me, I think. I don't know. I, I just love that bass. There's always something about, like, the, like the firsts. Like, the first, like, thing you, like, went on tour with. So, like... My like Mexican like sunburst is like, like I like I don't like it's not my favorite now, or like my like I have a newer that's not newer but like my new one is like a Highway mm-hmm. One, where it also has like the bad like it luckily just came with a badass, 
too. So I was like, all right, like, why would I ever need, like, another, like, P-Base? Because, like, this yeah. is it. And, like, I have two. So I was like, all right, cool. But, like, there's something, like, one's, like, my favorite. And then one's just like, oh, like, I have had this on, like, every tour I've yeah. been on. And, like, that's, yeah. There's something always about that. I feel like once you get to that point where you have, like, multiple bases, you kind of just take some as, like, backup. Not as really as backup, yeah. but just as, like, your own personal, like, okay, I'm I'm doing good. Because I had that one, and now I'm at this one. So I just, like, look at the progression. The inside joke, uh, I would, I used to have, like, I think not when like we were touring, like I used to have one, but like right after, like I finally got another one and like, I would still only bring one. And like, I think it was like midway through like when we were doing, like when we were recorded with Seth, we like played out. And then like on the weekends we would play and like, it took like, I don't know how long to Steven to realize, like I only brought one and he's like, you only have one bass with you. I was like, yeah. He's like, you have two though. And I was like, yeah, but, like, I only want to play this one. And it's like, yeah, but, like, what if it breaks? And I was like, what's going to happen to it? <laughs> and then it's just, like, the ongoing joke is, like, that, like, I'll try to not bring <laughs> two just to, like, fuck with Steven because, like, it's horrible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, like, I'm like, all right, fine, we'll do it. Just to, like, because, like, Steven's, like, I don't know. I'll just like get stressed over like the me just being a dick. Like I'll like I'll bring it, but like I'll try not to bring I mean, it. That's so kind of Stowe's mentality, man. Like he's like the mom of y'all's group, or at least I don't know if that band dynamic has changed since like you know. Literally, it's just you and Stove are like the only people left in that band that like I really know. Like uh, Sam's not in it. Like no, Joey left. Dude, Joey left. All right, so. The we we have the weirdest dynamic now. Like, y- if I told you this, you'd be like, "What?" So Steve is now like dad too. <laughs> He's not our dad. Like we ha- our drummer Rustin. Uh, I when we first like Sam left, like we did a ri- uh, live uh, arrivals, and like a couple months after, Sam's like, "Yeah, I think I'm like I think I'm done." And our drummer Rustin, who lives in Burlington, like I mentioned. Um, how Steven and Rustin met was like before, like the old band, that, like is now Real Talk. They used to be called a different name. They played in Burlington, and it was on. They share birthdays. That's weird. So, like, that's how like they got in. Like, they're like, oh, we share birthdays. So it's February. Is that 1st. how their friendship started? Because uh, that's like the cutest story that's, ever. If that's how their friendship started, yes. So that's how like we, we like he met Rusty. Oh, awesome. So the first day like <laughs> it's like first grade buddies. Pretty much. So literally like we found out also this is the funniest thing. We were like talking about something and then me being the way I am, I'm just like, "Yo, but have you guys heard like the wah pedal on She Hates Me by Polo Mud?" And then Sam's like, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> like, <laughs> That's how it came about. <laughs> that's like the good joke, but like that's how like the first the first thing after was like Sam, huge like I'm out like I don't want to do this anymore. But it was just like the weird timing of that. That's 
<laughs> but so that's how Steven knew Rustin. Literally the day we're like, hey, like we tried to like audition drummers that day, like the same like day. Rustin's like, yeah, I'll play. Like I, so we had to like go out test him. Sam would like also Sam would never play play to a click or anything. So like playing to a click was like foreign to us. And he's like, hey, like we're gonna jam. Like I play with a click, so we're like, what? Like this is weird. And we're like, oh, this is how like drummers are. Not to no offense to Sam, but he's like, oh, these are like this is how a drummer's supposed to be, like playing with a click and everything. So that's how like we met Rustin. Wait, did you guys have like ears for your own click or just him on a click? Just we we're now starting to get like our own. Like we're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, because, like, that's a step he, like, up. I didn't know you guys were, like, already on ears and shit. No, no. We're not. We're, we're planning it now. But, uh, so that's how uh, we we met Rustin. And I was like, oh, he's straight edge. Like, I'm finally going to be, like, the not only straight edge <laughs> member of my band. This is sick. And so, uh, Joey, like, Joey left, um, like, pretty much, like, right after, like, Arrivals came out. So we, like, we're like, all right, we're finally back. And then, like, we're like, no. No, we're not. Uh, nope. Uh, so then we, like, started had to probably, like, you guys had to do, we, like, had to audition. And the weirdest, this is going to come full circle. <laughs> so, yeah, I promise. What happened? Uh, we were, like, we were not finding anyone. We were trying to, like, we were really in like no man's land. Like I auditioned, like a drummer auditioned to sing, like all this like crazy shit was happening. And then we finally got like an email from Dylan, who's our singer now. And he was like, yeah, I, I'll try out. Like I, I don't really have any expectations or anything. Like, he'd never been in a band or anything before. So we're like, okay, we jammed it. We jammed with him. We're like, this kid's got like a voice. Uh, so we're like, cool. This is like, good but we don't know like how he's he'd never played a show ever so we're like all right let's give it a trial run so we did like a little like weekend three-day run where like two of our shows were with where uh like we were opening for like rarity so and that was in like the uh first one was middle east and we like they were gonna go to uh, new york and we were like we had to like book our own show, uh, and then we had to meet back like pretty much open for them again in Portland. So first show he like, also the first show was like the same day of like Have Heart, like the Have Heart reunion. Yeah. So like no, like unfortunately no one was at the show like in Massachusetts. Like everyone's like trying to see Have Heart like. So like, which is good because like you know like his first show is not like a big yeah. one. So like he like and the second show we played in Burlington, which like we had to headline, which is like we had done that before. So like we knew like how like the room in Burlington's like four years strong like headlines that room and like I think like Jimmy World like plays there. So like we're like it's a real big place. So hit like the transformation of both nights. It was like completely. So we're like, all right, this is it. We're good now. But so we were playing another show, and we we're talking about like 
my whole family is like obsessed with race cars. <laughs> and he like my like my like that's not like a joke. Like my family like races at like the local racetrack. That's awesome. And like that's like the ongoing. It's not. <laughs> it's not, but it is. Uh, so we're making a joke, and he's like, "Wait, your family like races cars?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "My mom is marrying like a race car driver like that does that." And I was like, "What's his name?" And he like, I was like, "Oh my god, like I'm related to that." Oh, uh, what? <laughs> so, yes, our new singer is technically like my cousin. That's hilarious. And. He's sober, so the only person that's not sober in our band now is, <laughs> is Steven. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's actually hilarious. But so yeah, we're we're uh we're now planning on like uh like Steven has a camper, our other guitar player has like an axe effect, so we're trying to like we're trying to build it now that like if we have to like start playing bigger rooms, we can, like, go, like, direct in and all that, like, stuff like that. Yeah. So, and in-ears and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that, you asked me about, like, my setup. Like, my setup, I guess, now, the only thing that's changed is, like, I use a Sansamp and a couple other pedals, like, two Tortuga pedals, and that's literally it. And sometimes I do DI, straight from the Sansamp. Dude, I, yeah. I, I have a... I've gone from like or- my orange to uh, the dark plastic microtubes, and like I kind of wish I would go back to the orange, but like my ho- like everyone's like no, like you're sticking with this like microtubes now forever, because like you have to. you can just like de- they're like yes you have to like de- you can just di the like small head and it's just like that's like that that like if we were to go like. No cabs, like this is how it could go. And then your yeah. response should be like, "Yeah, but we don't have to go no cabs." So, <laughs> uh, dude, the funny thing is, I'm the one like our guitar player like used to be a purist. Yeah. Like he'd be like, "Not stove our newer yeah. guitar player." He'd be like, "No, like I have a twin. Like I don't want to do in ears like ever." And I was like, "Yeah, but like, what if we had to like tour and like." You like I was like I said something I was like Jimmy World does it like and he like went full circle so he has like wow the like axe effects and he's like buying that's like, hysterical his oh my god and it's all because of all because of me that's awesome honestly that's actually pretty awesome uh, <laughs> I just actually I just got my first pair of like actual real like cu- like custom made in ears for me. On this like last uh, We the Kings tour, and I'm so happy with them. They're so they're fucking awesome. It's the weirdest experience having that like mold done for you, but it's so nice, man. It's I can't even explain. <sighs> I was also a purist, so I was like, no, like I, I don't want to like do that. But like now that we like practice more now, like I like will try to do harmonies where like with Joey, like I could never like practice with him, so like I would never knew how to. I just didn't want to wing yeah. it. So, like, now we, like, we, like, try to, like, harmonize and, like, all that. Like, trying to add more vocals. And, like, I was like, no. Like, I'll just be a better singer. Blah, blah, blah. Until, like, we played, like, one show. And I was like, I could not hear myself at all. I was like, all right, I'm getting it. Yeah, right. I was like, yep, I'm, d- I'm doing it. 
So I have to go like find a place to go get like a custom urine. Uh, any audiologist will be able to like give you molds, and then you can just send them in. Dude, the like our like pretty much our group chat is just like gear. Oh off. yeah, it's and like it's it's like a wormhole. It's awesome and disgusting when like you become like an endorsed artist because like i'm an empire guy and we just we just got endorsed by empire ears like uh, a couple months ago and it it was one of those things where like once we got it i was literally like oh dude now i have like like i can pick out of all of these now they're all within like my budget now (laughs) like oh god this is so fucking ridiculous so it was just like a kid in a candy store, and especially because like Empire's based out of Atlanta, I was so happy to like work with somebody who's like from my hometown. Because like when I went home for like winter, I was just like, "Yo, get my molds done. Show me what I can do. Set me up, homies." And they literally just like they sent me the address. I like showed up, and like they showed me everything. They like made me. They literally made me feel like I was, like, a big-time, like, Grammy award-winning artist. And I'm just, like, I'm just in a pop-punk band. <laughs> and they're, like, doesn't matter, dude. Like, you're you're part of our family now. And I'm, like, that's, that's, that's fucking sick. Like, that's awesome. And they're, like, it's, it's cool. And I, I like Empire a lot just because, like, it, they are, I have my in-ear reps, like, cell phone number. <laughs> So, so I annoy the shit out of him on like Sundays and stuff when like no nobody has any business annoying anybody, but like we're musicians and Sunday is just another fucking day. So he and he responds and he's just like super helpful and like uh, I, I think that's rare, especially in the music industry, to have like people like that like be that responsive. Dude, I. I have to, like, ask, because I'm like, what do I do? Like, how do I get them done? And I'm, like, such, like, a... This is such a foreign, like, object to me, where I'm like, oh, man. But, like, I'm, like, excited to do it, so... It's... In-ears are definitely, like, a, a step up, and, like, I was super hesitant on doing it. But if anybody's, like, a purist, you can still be on in-ears, too. Like, I still run my, like... B25B amp and like Ampeg like 8x10 shit. You just have to have them mic the cab and shit. That's all you gotta do. I, uh, dude, I like it's weird because like I'm in another band and they're like, like I will like tell them like how like we'll have like an hour long conversation in like uh, like our group like chats and like our like group calls and they're so like you guys are going through a laptop? And we're like, no, we're just talking about being, like, cabless. And they're like, what? And they've never been on tour, so, like, they don't get, like, why we'd want to do it to, like, lug shit in, like, an A10. And they're like, what? Oh, dude, I had, I have, I still have that A10, and I was so, so against changing it to, like, a 4 by just because, like, I was... I, I was determined to piss off my old bandmates, man. Like, straight up. Like, that was, like, that was literally, like, my one way of, like, like, I don't, even in this, like, the, the, the playing field, I guess. I don't know. Like, I get, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, like. Yeah, there's, like, I don't have the tonal difference and, like, the level of it is. It's not only, no, it's more, like, along the lines of, like, there's not much, like, a bassist can say because people shit on them so much. 
<laughs> you know? And I'm just like, it's true, I yeah. don't give a shit. You're helping me carry this 8 by 10 Because, like, and they're like, just get a smaller one. I'm like, dude, you never know when we're going to go into a place and they don't have a fucking, like, PA system. And we just got to go ham. And they're like, that's never yeah. going to happen. And I'm like, it happened twice in our career, like, when I, with, like, my old band. And I was just like, each one of those times, I just gave them the dirtiest stank eye. Like, I told you so. Told you so. How many times did that happen? Yeah, every time you complain, this is why we have it. Today. And I'm just like... <laughs> and then, like, I, I like I remember, like, any time on that tour when anyone complained, I'd be like, hey, remember that venue a couple of days back? Yeah, you, you were happy I had it then, right? All right, let's go. Like, kind of shit. Just because, like... Uh, but, yeah, I don't... I think if anybody gives me a good price, I mean, it's just, like, downgrade. Dude... It's funny because I have like a 410 and like an 810. And like, whenever, like, if we'll do like a small run, I'll be like, hey, like, what do you guys think? And like, Steven's always like 810. Um, like, he, like, and he's willing to like help me. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, at least, know. see, that's nice. At least, like, nobody complains. Like, you know, nobody complains of like make yeah. out, which is sweet. <laughs> but like, yeah, when they do complain, they complain hard. And like I got I got I got to give make out credit though but like at the same time they've only had two shows with me so it's like we, we'll we'll see who gets mad cuz like that shit's heavy as hell and I I would if I yeah. was on the basis I would complain Dude but like you just have to have like the look of like an 810 also this is like another dumb you look story like a headliner with an 810 But Yeah you you look like you're yeah. badass <laughs> Even even though you're in like some oh, basement, you're like I will look a fucking yeah. I don't care. Um, we're talking uh, we're we're talking like we're trying to plan things. I'm I I'm sure you guys are trying to like we're trying to plan no. things, but we're talking about like uh the same like venue. <laughs> no, we no? are not trying to plan things. Literally. <laughs> well, I mean, you were like you guys were trying to plan. I mean, things. we had a tour and like. Straight up, when I told you in February, when I was like, yo, I don't think this is going to pan out. My manager said, AJ, stop being fucking paranoid. Two weeks later, everything shut the fuck down. And I was like, uh-huh. What was that? Like, it was literally one of those moments where he, because our manager loves to, like, mess with me. And I was just like, because, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm very cautious because of the diabetes and shit. And he likes to poke fun at how cautious I am sometimes. And I was just like, yo, I told you. And he's like, you're right. You're right. I got you. You're right. But, like, after that, he was just like, yo, we're thinking maybe to put everybody back in August. And like, because we, we had that tour with uh, Say We Can Fly or whatever. And we were supposed to go, like, all around the U.S. and to go to England and Europe like as that package and it we didn't announce england or europe or anything because you know corona but that was supposed to be announced like halfway through the tour and then we were supposed to go directly over there so our manager was like determined to get us out and he was like planning on like getting us on tour like like end of this month beginning of like next month (sighs) and like and this was in like march and i was just like dude there's no way no way anyone is gonna be good and like follow through on anything and like shit's not gonna go well like this isn't gonna go down as quickly as you think like we're lucky if this happens next year and he's just like aj stop being paranoid and then again i was right and i'm like this time i didn't say anything because like it's 
it's sad and I wanted to be wrong because like I don't like at the rate everything's going with everything reshutting down, I don't think we're gonna have live music until until twenty twenty two. I I first I was like very like optimistic about it and now I'm like it's slowly like we were like we were trying to plan like a release and like touring like like our like our first like big tour for like I don't know like how many years like in August and we we're like oh fuck dude you're planning on that we were planning like during that tour we were supposed to release our new song that's coming out like at, Monday yeah, oh Friday. Friday I don't know when you're gonna release this podcast yeah. but it's, it's probably like either next Monday or the Monday okay so after. it's been it's been out. <laughs> yeah, it'll, so, it'll be so the out. New single that's out. <laughs> <laughs> so that that song was supposed to come out like way before, way before it was supposed to come out yeah. while we were on tour, and then like you know people are gonna have a listen to it, and we have like a couple other songs too that we're trying to like get EP together and do all that shit for, and we were like on the fast track to get all that shit done, get it out, get it out while we were like crossing over from US to England, hopefully like drop the like a music video and everything after the song was released and stuff. And that shit came to a screeching halt. <laughs> like all of that went down. Yes. And like, especially for us, like we really wanted, cause it's been like for make out, it's been like almost three years since they put new music out. But like me and Kyle have effectively been in the band for over a year. So like, it's just, people are clamoring to get new music from us and it's a lot of it's just like not in our control (laughs) dude i you can tell me about it i'm like like every day i'm like i don't say i have like a panic attack but i'm like oh my god like i just like it's so infuriating but you like there's nothing you can do yeah there's like it's especially like you know we had issues where, like, we were changing record labels. We had issues where, like, we had a full EP worth of music that they had already recorded that me and Kyle were just going to, like, re-record our parts for. And we couldn't do that because of producers and other this, that, the other, and all that shit. So, like, literally, legal jargon, like, held us up for about, like, six months. And then we started we started writing, like, new stuff. And then we got that recorded and stuff. And then now we were about to release it on our own, but then we found like uh, Symphonic like for distribution and they're like really awesome and we liked what they did. So we had to sign with them. And then they had like to wait five weeks to get like album art and everything to get all on Spotify and everything and do all that. So it was like a proper release. So it's just like that and like all the waiting and stuff. And like meantime, we have all the, like we have these like four or five songs that we're going to put out like, kind of like his ep already done and we just got so bored we started writing with travis from we the kings like more music and we're just like all right this is fucking this is fun like let's just keep going like why not and like honestly at one point we were like do we just do a full album like come back hard with a full album or just do an ep and then like you know we landed on ep and like decided to just keep it the way it was originally planned but like Dude, so many plans. Like, I don't know if my manager is going to be pissed off at me for saying all this. Like, I'll be real. Like, I want to post this out. And he's like, our PR like, guy didn't approve of this. Like, you weren't supposed to say any of this, AJ. We didn't review anything. You just went off willy-nilly. Yeah, because Prison Pat called me for a podcast. That's why. <laughs> um, I'll probably, okay. 
if this makes you feel better, it's totally opposite. But so we were we had plans to go back to Seth in like I think December. It was either December or January, like the beginning of January. And we were like pretty hyped. And then we found out like this once again, uh Ashley, I I think you're a great Seth, I love you as well. But they kind of pumped us for like the knuckle puck release. Yeah. And we're like, we were like, fair. And like, they're like, yeah, we can't get you in until like March. And we're like, oh. we were like very clamoring to like hold it down, like to do something. So like, we're like, all right, like we're, at, we're gonna have to go someplace else. But like, that's another whole story. But so we were also like that. But we, <laughs> and then like, oh no, we were supposed to do it in November. Or something, and then we got bumped up for the stage jams acoustic thing. So we got bumped up twice. Oh shit! Yeah, I. <laughs> so we we're like, all right, done. We're like, we're done. <laughs> like, we're gonna. Sorry, Seth. We like, we wanted to come back. Sorry if you if you hear this. We wanted so hard, but. So we got bumped twice, and we're like, all right, sorry, but. Yeah, I. Yeah, working. It's funny because like Travis Barker technically it was oh yeah yeah travis barker was our producer on the these songs and he actually performed on all the songs that are coming out which is wild and that shit happened dude this sounds so fucking like really dumb talking to you about it because i remember us being like yo one day we're gonna be able to do shit like this and like now i'm doing it i'm telling you about it and i'm like ah this is awesome but at the same time do i sound like an asshole uh no i who, dude? I don't think you're an asshole. Uh, so, on that warp tour that I got to know Scott and Tyler on, uh, I told you like our bus broke down a ton, right? So there's yeah. one point. I think I, I forget where it was. I think it was like New Jersey or some point. Our bus broke down <laughs> so hard that we almost didn't make that day, like at all. We sleep on it, and we were sharing a bus with Capstan. We ended up being the last two on our stage that day because we had to go rent cars and, like, drive ourselves from, like, Baltimore to New Jersey to get to, like, or, like, New Jersey to Baltimore, whatever it was, to get to the set before Warp Tour ended. And, like, this 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 will all make sense soon. I'll get to, like, how it ties back. Um, but... Basically, like, I got to know, like, the We the Kings guy because, like, my friend uh, was TMing for them at the, at, during Warp Tour. And when our bus broke down, it broke down to the point where, like, we had to find some somewhere else to sleep and, like, some other way of getting from, like, place to place for at least three days. So I found, like, a place for me. And everyone kind of found a place for themselves to sleep except for – Zach, our singer, and I was sleeping with, like, I was supposed to stay with All Time Low, and, like, I ended up giving up my, or, like, I think it was TJ, someone, Zach or TJ, one of them had issues, so I ended up giving my spot up in the As It Is bunk to one of those guys, because we had already toured with him, and they were all familiar, and I hit up Colin, like, the TM for We The Kings, I'm like, hey, man, like, I know the Kings are very, like, specific, like, you know, they're headliners of Warped Tour, they have, like, the nice fucking tour bus, they can be whatever the fuck they want to be, you know? And I was just like, I'm f- 
fucked. Like, I know you guys have, like, I know you guys have a junk bunk, but, like, we can't find a space for, like, all of us to be. Is there any chance that the guys would even think about letting me stay in that junk bunk? And he's like, dude, I'm going to already preface this with, I don't think so, but I'll ask. Like, they usually only let crew and family on. And, like, totally understandable. I would, too, you know? Like, who the fuck am I, this random kid that's just, like, hanging out with him after Warped Tour, you know? And uh, he hits them up, and they're like, yeah, dude, definitely, totally. And they, like, took me under their wing. They, like, made me, like, a part of their, like, the crew. Like, every day, like, they had this, like, ritual, uh, and they would, like, include me in it. Before their set, they wanted me to be in their, like, pre-team huddle. Like, I learned their, like, you know, chants and whatever they do before they go on stage. So from that, I ended up getting a phone call after, like, I left sleep on it. But I ended up getting a phone call from their guitarist, Coley. And he's like, yo, dude, uh, do you want to come tech for us? And I had literally, the day he called me to ask me was the day I had announced I had just joined Makeout. So I <sighs> called him. Like, when he called me, I didn't call him. When he called me, I answered it. I thought he was calling to congratulate me on the makeout stuff. I was like, oh, so you heard the news? And he was just like, no, man, what's up? And I'm like, oh, uh-oh. Wh- why are you calling, buddy? And, and then he, he offered me the job, and I was like, oh, dude, yeah, of course. So, like, I went out as their drum and guitar tech at, for this last tour with, like, Sage Champs and uh, Simple Plan. And, like, that was dope, because, like, I know the Sage Champs dudes. Like, we've toured with them, and, like, Derek, like, worked on our stuff and, like, helped us a ton. So I was close with those guys already, and I had known, like, the Kings guys, and I just started getting to know, like, the, the you know, the Simple Plan crew, and it was just, like, it, at some point, like, on the tour, it was, like, an off day, we were in, it was either Hooters or Buffalo Wild, someplace with wings, right? Like, one of those, like, they have, Wild they up. have them in every state kind of thing, there's wings and burgers, and, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, at, yeah. at some point, they all kind of conglomerate in my head on tour. Like, once you've been out for, like, a week and just eating shit, like, they all seem like McBurgerson is what I'm going to call it, you know? Um, so we were at McBurgerson, and we just got, like, a round of drinks, and, like, uh, literally, I got a text message from our drummer, because I had, like, we we needed him he had like he's in another band called five north with tyler posey and he came into the states to do work with them and do a performance with them but we needed him to drum and like record his drummings like for the new songs that are coming out and it's like rare for him to come in the states unless he has like a reason to so like it was one of those situations where he had like two weeks to get it done and like we asked our manager to set up like uh you know, like a, a session for him to go record, and it took literally the la- the day he was leaving. Our manager hit him up like early in the morning. He had like a six o'clock flight or something to go back to Australia to go back to Brisbane, and he hit him up at like eight in the morning. He's like, "Hey, can you go to Travis Barker's place and record your parts?" And then just him and Tyler just like went to fucking Travis Barker's studio, and like he just like did all this shit, like, changed a bunch of shit, like, recorded, like, did, like, literally went on behind the drums, recorded parts for it and shit, and, like, I got a text message at 8 o'clock at night from Scott, like, 
a picture of him in his seats on the airplane giving me the shock aside going yeah bro i got it all done and then tyler sending me videos of travis barker playing the songs and then i'm just like what just happened and then like literally i turned like i was like freaking out visibly freaking out and like i was the lowest dude in the we the kings tech crew totem pole because it was my first time and you know i i think Travis looks up at me, like, uh, Travis Clark, the singer, he looks up at me, and he's like, yo, dude, what's up? Why are you looking so shaky? And I turn, and I'm like, uh, Travis Barker is playing drums on our song and producing it. And he's just like, yo, hell yeah. And then orders, like, a round of shots for us all to celebrate. And then the lighting guy, and he, this guy is, like, he's the nicest guy. His name's Nate. He's, he's one of the best lighting techs in the industry right now like he works for the use and like we the kings and so many other people and he's just he's a pro but he loved to give me shit because i was the new guy and he goes straight up goes bullshit and i'm like i could prove it like here and i handed him the phone and then he literally and he's like one of those dudes with like a zz top beard and just like like, you know, like, a hardened-looking guy. And he, like, opens his eyes wide, hands me back my phone, and he goes, I'm sorry, you're right. That's fucking badass, dude. I'll drink to that. And then we all take a shot. And then, like, it kind of hit me that, like, yo, I'm on tour with, like, St. James to the Kings and Simple Plan, and Travis Barker's playing on my band's, like, music and producing it. Like, 15-year-old me would be geeking out so hard right now. Dude... Don't want to take up like your whole day. Although we we could, could yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm happy for Thank you. Thank you. You are the nicest person I probably ever met. Oh like, man, so are you. You're you're nicer than me, man. Let's be honest. Thanks. Come on. I uh, it depends on my day. <laughs> There's some days where I'm like kind of just a dick, and uh, but it's like good intentions. But the uh, day that you went to prison, right? I'm... <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Story for another time. <laughs> Story for another time. Uh, though, I mean, how many times? Like, I've almost been in handcuffs. <laughs> Don't get prison pad angry. But, uh, prison pad. I might bring that back, actually. That's not been, like, mentioned in a while. But prison pad. Uh, I was going to leave you off the one okay. question. I was going to say, there's no person I would happily have someone name drop. I mean, there's no one I would want to name drop other than oh. you but i thought that comes out backwards every time so i'm just gonna give up on it uh final question it's a two-part uh what's your favorite tone and what would your sound check riff be <laughs> uh my favorite tone uh dude that's actually just super hard uh I'm going to go with my tone. <laughs> I'm going to be a dick about it and be super cocky about it. Um, I feel like I've s- spent so much time in my studio doing nothing but fuck with my tone. That's, and, like, after finding this, like, old-ass Ampeg that allows me to, like, jump channels to, like, get this weird, awesome, funky distortion, I will say a Ampeg... B52B or B25B, I forget because I'm dyslexic. Um, Cross, like, literally channel jumped from the high and low, plugged into the low end, 
gain a little past half, everything just, you know, kind of in between like nine and nine and three o'clock and then put some put if you put a tortuga neptune pedal on there and make it sound sloshy that's like the ultimate like stoner punk vibe and i think that's my favorite tone so and then and well, then man. uh i forgot it's the two-parter that was part one and then yes. my favorite sound check no your sound yeah. check riff like everyone has my a sound check riff. riff was uh it used to be another one bites the dust, but now it's feel good ink by the gorillas. Uh, so, dude, honestly, probably just classic. Right, right, yeah. All around, I support both of those. I appreciate that. Well, AJ, well, once again, you are the best person I've ever Aww. met. Thank you for wasting like. Almost like two hours. Anytime, with me. dude. I miss you. Uh, I miss this, and thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it, dude. Thank you for being on. Uh, if touring ever comes back in two years, uh, me and Stove, we were planning to go. Uh, hopefully, see you <laughs> if we could, but we we're uh, we're probably both trying to go see okay. you if it ever comes well, back. Well, let me know so uh, I can throw you on guest list, man. Oh shit, dude! I never get to use that line. Like the only people that I've ever put on guest list are like my mom, my dad, my girlfriend, and like my sister. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's it. That's it, dude. I we will gladly. We were just wanting to see you, but uh, we were also gonna come to Chicago. But that that would be sick. R.I.P. Yeah, right. R.I.P. Uh, I mean, R.I.P. Well, uh, enjoy your you day, too, man. It was nice talking to you. We should do it again. Nice talking to you. Uh, I mean, I might just call you out of the blue. Do now. it. Anytime, man. You got my number. Okay. I do. Okay. So uh, enjoy your day. You too, man. man. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Thanks.